Spotlight presented by Economic Opportunity Board of Clark County in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. In this podcast, we aim to provide more resources and answers to help achieve success. Today's episode, we are celebrating that August is Black Business Month with Ken Evans, President of Urban Chamber of Commerce. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this uh, podcast edition of EOB Spotlight. Uh, I am Lawrence Beasley, the Interim Executive Director and Chief Operating Officer for the Economic Opportunity Board of Clark County. Uh, we provide uh, community action services uh, for the entirety of the county, uh, serving all of the urban and rural areas within the confines of its borders. Uh, we have uh, with us today, Mr. Ken Evans, President of the Urban Chamber. Uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about black business, um, what's going on in his neck of the woods, and this is Black Business Month. So tell us about all those new and upcoming and different things that's going on in and around the community. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, glad to be here. And first and foremost, I want to say uh, thank you, Lawrence, for this invitation, as well as I want to say thank you to the uh, members of the board as well as staff for the Economic Opportunity Board. Glad to have this opportunity. Uh, the Urban Chamber, true to our legacy uh, mission, if you will, uh, has always made sure that we provided education, advocacy, and then positioning for procurement for small diverse businesses. Uh, in particular, uh, given our legacy, uh, we've been a, a place and a space for African-American or Black-owned businesses to come and get education. Uh, in addition to that, get support through advocacy and last but not least, uh, do our best to position them for procurement opportunities. So that legacy mission continues for the Urban Chamber. Uh, just very quickly, I also wanna say, uh, because of the resource center we have, and I'll talk about that a little bit more, uh, we also are inclusive to other uh, social, economic or ethnic demographics as well. But again, I want to stress the fact that we remain true to our legacy mission of making sure that we create a place and a space for African-American or Black-owned businesses as well. Uh, to that end, uh, very quickly, I want to talk generically about a couple of things we do, and then I'm sure there'll be more questions or conversation we'll have. Uh, first and foremost, we tell people you don't have to make the entrepreneurial or business ownership journey by yourself. We're not saying you can't make the journey by yourself, but by all means, we have some resources at the Urban Chamber we want you to take advantage of. And they come under the guise of the Urban Chamber Business Success Center, which has two components. First and foremost, we have a business incubator where we offer below market lease rates uh, for office space. Uh, some of them are your traditional office spaces, but then we also have 1,200 square foot units that have a little bit more commercial or light industrial look to them. So in addition to that, within the business incubator, we have a conference room as well as a training room that we have the ability to lease out from time to time as well. The second component we have is a business resource center. 
And within this, it's, it's a virtual, but then we also have some of our resource partners that have physical offices here at the chamber. We have SCORE Las Vegas chapter. We have the Nevada Small Business Development Center or NSBDC. Uh, we also have partnerships with alternative lenders like Dream Spring uh, Women's Business Development Center has a presence here. Uh, and in addition to that, the Governor's Procurement Technical Assistance Center or PTAC uh, has a presence here as well. So that uh, makes up our resource center. So the bottom line is between those two components, we are here to help black businesses, African-American owned businesses, small diverse businesses period, make the entrepreneurial and the business ownership journey. All right, well, it sounds like you got a bunch going on over there. Can you give us your contact information for those people who will be interested in participating? Absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, I'll go old school and I'll say that our phone number is 702-648-6222. Again, that's 702-648-6222. But one of the best ways to reach us, because then we can track the email communication, is info, that's I-N-F-O, at urbanchamber.org. Again, info, I-N-F-O, at urbanchamber.org. Org. And then I definitely want to put a plug for our social media. Uh, one of the best ways to see all the ongoing programs, opportunities, resources that we're playing a part in being a portal and a platform for is to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Urban Chamber. On Facebook, uh, we have a friend page, which is Urban Chamber, but the more active community page is Urban Chamber of Commerce Nevada. Uh, that's also the ones that we typically put our Facebook lives on. Uh, for example, we recently had the SBA Nevada District Direct, Deputy District Director on. He talked about a lot of uh, current topics like the PPP forgiveness process. So you can find that Facebook live feed again at Urban Chamber of Commerce Nevada. In addition to that, we're on Instagram, Urban Chamber of Commerce. So again, I'd encourage you, please follow us on social media. But again, I gave you the contact information as well. All right, excellent. Thank you much. And then you, you talked a little bit about uh, some of the office space that you have available. Is, is that space available at your main site? Is it at a separate location? Uh, how could one find out about that? Uh, it's actually located inside of our main building. Uh, we're blessed. We have a 17,000 square foot facility. Uh, and within it, uh, we have... Uh, a couple, we have about four smaller spaces, which are a little over 200 square feet. Uh, we have uh, two mid-sized spaces, which are a little over 300 square feet. And then, like I mentioned, we have seven uh, 1,200 square foot spaces uh, that we have the ability to lease out as well. Uh, but they're all located at our main location here at 1951 Stella Lake Street. Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89106. And we're actually located inside of the city of Las Vegas Enterprise Park across from the FBI building. Uh, so if you know where the McDonald's is on Lake Mead and Martin Luther King, we're probably about a five minute drive, maybe a 10 minute walk away from that on Stella Lake and Lake Mead. All right, excellent. Well, let's, let's get down to some more, I guess, pertinent information around black business and the kinds of things that you guys are doing. Can you give us some statistics on the number of black businesses that are in the Las Vegas Valley or within Clark County? And then 
what is the makeup of that business demographic? Is it mostly industrial? Is it sole proprietors? Just give us a lay of the land. Yeah, I, I'm not going to try to quote the exact number, but I can definitely give you some anecdotal information based on our actual membership, as well as uh, some of the trends we saw during uh, COVID uh, 2020. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what I would say is easily there are uh, several, a few thousand uh, Black-owned businesses uh, within the state of Nevada, and the lion's share are probably down here in Southern Nevada. And then as far as the type, uh, one of the things we've noticed is that all too often there are two trends. Uh, number one, a lot of our Black-owned businesses are what we would call uh, solopreneur or micropreneur businesses, meaning it's either one sole proprietor or one managing member for an LLC, or if it's a micro business, they maybe have one to three employees, including the business owner. Uh, so that's something uh, immediately we want to work on. Uh, there's a disproportionate unemployment rate within the African-American community. Well, part of the way we can address that is to make sure, A, we start businesses, but B, start businesses with the thought or at least the consideration of hiring other people. So that's one trend right there. The other trend that we've noticed is a decent amount of our uh, Black-owned businesses are in professional services. And the concern there is that as we move to more of a technology-based world or a world where products are important, uh, like advanced manufacturing, we, we need to hopefully get to a point where there's a bit more of a balance because within our chamber membership and then beyond our chamber membership, we've definitely noted that a lot of our uh, Black-owned businesses are in professional services or what I would say are peripheral services that are dependent upon another direct business in order to get work. Let me give you an example. And, and I'm not knocking, I wanna be very clear, I'm not knocking uh, what anybody does uh, in terms of professional services or their line of business. I'm just su suggesting that strategically, we may wanna have a bit more of a balanced approach or a spread out approach in terms of the types of businesses we form. So for example, if you're a professional service provider, whether you're an attorney, whether you're an accountant, or whether you're some other type of business consultant, typically you're depending on someone that either is producing a product as a business owner, an entrepreneur, or even if they're providing a professional service, uh, let's say they're an IT service company uh, that actually produces applications. You as a professional service provider or a peripheral service provider, you need that direct business to be in business and have a, a decent enough amount of revenue so that they can turn around and hire your company. So what I'm suggesting is it would be great if we made an effort to diversify in terms of the types of businesses that we pursue and provide. Uh, my last comment on that is uh, we have two priorities right now at the Urban Chamber. The first priority is to be part of the universal effort within the state to diversify and expand the economy whether it's uh, more IT focus, whether it's logistics, whether it's advanced manufacturing, or whether it's bolstering our healthcare system, the Urban Chamber wants to be part of diversifying the economy. The second priority is to make sure that small diverse businesses participate in that. So the point I'm making here is that as we move forward, we need more of our black businesses to A, 
be part of the effort to diversify and expand our economy, and then B, make sure that they're doing things that are part of the new, the new emerging sectors in a bit more of a direct manner. All right, well, can we unwrap some of that um, in, in two areas in particular? I'd, I'd like to flesh out a little bit more about what the particular sectors are where we think we could maybe find some focus for black business. And then two, I've been in Las Vegas for 22 years and I noticed that it's kind of a cyclical um, yep. boom bust, at least over the last two decades where we'll experience a high time in the hospitality industry and everyone's doing well. And then when that goes to pot, everybody shifts to that solopreneur, that micro business. And then there's a great emphasis on diversification, but it never really solidifies itself. How, how do we address that? Let's talk about that second, because I know that's a whole big pot of yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good. I'm glad you said that because that's the reason why I introduced the two priorities uh, for the Urban Chamber right now. Uh, what I'll share with everyone is that at the Urban Chamber, we have a saying, uh, you're either at the table or you're on the menu. So one of the things we make it a point to do is to make sure that we're at the table. And what I mean specifically by that is when conversations are being held from a policy standpoint, and then later on from an implementation and ultimately a procurement standpoint, we make sure that we're at the table so that in turn our members are at the table, especially our small diverse businesses, or like I said, the legacy core group of black businesses are at the table. So what do I mean by that specifically? To your first question, we know that advanced manufacturing, information technology, logistics, and improving our healthcare system are gonna be a priority. Part of the reason why they're a priority, for example, with healthcare is to improve our quality of life. But to the second question, part of the reason why we're pursuing these things is because I would encourage everyone to look at the governor's recovery and resiliency plan. And what you will see is that the governor's office of economic development and other partners like uh, my Vegas chamber colleagues, our regional development authority, which is the Las Vegas Global Economic Alliance, our, the urban chamber and others, we have tried to focus on what do we need to do to make our economy more resilient as we get out of the COVID recovery. So we don't have to keep going through these boom and bust cycles that you referred to. So to that end, the Urban Chamber makes sure that we provided inputs from on behalf of the Urban Chamber and our members to say, here's some industries we think that the state needs to pursue. Again, information technology. And I'll mention at the Urban Chamber of Commerce, We've had an IT roundtable for the past five years. In fact, I think from time to time, Lawrence, you've participated in that given your IT background. Well, we will continue to do that because we know uh, whether it's entities like Switch or Google, uh, they're gonna continue to improve and maximize their presence here. So we wanna make sure that we start businesses and we do business in those arenas because it also helps the state diversify and make and come up with a more resilient economy. So to, to, in response to both questions that you asked, number one, the Urban Chamber has and will continue to provide input uh, to the governor, to our congressional dele delegation, 
to local officials, as well as to staffs at all the federal, state, and local levels about ways that we can diversify our economy as well as make it more resilient. And then at the same time, we plant the seed that we wanna make sure that small diverse businesses participate. And specifically what that means is like with the IT roundtable, we make it a point to invite in thought leaders, strategic leaders, senior executives, so that they can see we have entrepreneurs and business owners within that space that are ready to do business right now. And we want them to make sure that they make provisions for our businesses to do business right now and in the future. Outstanding. Well, it sounds like there's some good stuff going on. And at least you're able to be at the table when those decisions are being made, or at least discuss and have some input and direction on one, how that filters back down to your constituents and members. And then two, provide a presence for us so that we're not left out. You know, it's you're right, as a part of the information technology world. There's been many a meeting where, you know, you're the only chocolate chip in the cookie. <laughs> one of the things that we really have to work on is making sure that no matter what the background is or what the, the positioning is for your particular business, if there's a group out there that's doing strategic planning around what that business development looks like, you need to be a part of that. Absolutely. And, and one of the things I'm going to really encourage people to do is, especially business owners and entrepreneurs, is to be and remain strategic. Uh, I often ask people, do they play chess? And then if they say yes, I say, well, I play chess. In fact, I play corporate chess. And when I say the personal pronoun I, I mean that as a when I'm in a leadership role, uh, whether it's here at the chamber or some other things that I'm involved in. And to that end, we need to study what's happening with the Regional Development Authority, meaning the LVGEA. We need to look at the governor's plan for recovery and resilience and say, how can I play a role in that as a business owner and an entrepreneur? And then more importantly, is there an opportunity for me to create some jobs within that sector as well? And the reason why that's important is because one of the challenges that you face as a micropreneur or definitely as a solopreneur is people will look at you and they will evaluate your capacity based on it just being you. Well, if we're gonna go after larger opportunities and position ourselves for larger opportunities, we need to have the capacity. And part of that capacity comes through increasing your staff. There's just no way around that because you can only do so much as a business owner and entrepreneur. In fact, you should always be striving to get to the point where you work on your business and not just in your business. So, again, what I come back to is let's make sure that we're strategically doing our homework as business owners and entrepreneurs so that we can operate in a proactive manner versus a reactive manner, like you said, where, you know, we're always we're on the back end, unfortunately, complaining about what we didn't get instead of being at the table on the front end for policy, the discussion about implementation and then eventually actual procurement opportunities. Mm -hmm. let's talk about that a little bit more have, have you I, I know you mentioned the, the governor's um, uh, positioning on uh, what's happening with business as a result of the pandemic and new opportunities that are available to be afforded to the state have you heard anything or is, has there been any movement around the 
either the distribution of funding for the uh, new infrastructure bill or the ARPA or any of those initiatives? Yes, they're, they're ongoing discussions. And, and one thing, one question I want to come back to a little bit more that, that you asked me about is uh, opportunities that we need to be paying attention to. Renewable energy is a big one. Uh, our state has 300 plus Sundays. As re, and, as a result, and when I say Sundays, day, that's days where sun, you know, open sky, clear sky. So as a result, solar energy uh, can definitely benefit. So we have 300 plus of those types of days or Sundays here. As a result, renewable energy is a big deal where whether we're suppliers, whether we're installers, whether we're distributors, whether we're salespeople, the bottom line is we need to figure out ways for us to participate in that industry. The other related area is electronic vehicles and the electronic highway that is planned to go from Southern Nevada to Northern Nevada and beyond. Uh, the great opportunity with renewable energy is if we do it the right way, it will not only benefit our state, but we're in a position to distribute solar power to regionally other states around us, if not, once we get the grid system in place, states all across the country. The bottom line is there will be opportunities there that we need to take advantage of. So that's, that's one example of a new and emerging sector that we need to make sure our black businesses are participating in. And I'm gonna throw out a concept that Fred Keaton talked about maybe a year, year and a half after I've been here. And he talked about the concept of interdependency. And what that means is you don't wanna be dependent, definitely don't wanna be dependent as a community, it's not even as good to be independent as a community. Ideally, you wanna be interdependent, interdependent, which says if our community and specifically our black businesses do well, then not only the black business community, I'm sorry, the black business community does well, but the black community, the overall community does well. So we wanna make sure that we're in business sectors, whether it's renewable energy, improving our healthcare system where if our businesses do well, the overall community does well because our black business community does well, our black community does well, and ultimately everybody does well in our community. So I just wanted to come back to that as an example. Now to your point about the America Rescue Plan dollars and some of the other things that are going on, absolutely the Urban Chamber has been at the table. Uh, we've also had individuals uh, both elected and uh, appointed as well as other advocates that are representing our interests as well, because we want to make sure that once again, as these dollars flow, whether they flow in the form of grants from state and local municipalities, uh, whether they flow in terms of business opportunities, we wanna make sure that our for-profit businesses, our nonprofit uh, service providers, they benefit as well. So absolutely, we're providing input and making sure that we position ourselves as a chamber, which in turn positions our members to be part of this. Are you going to be presenting more and new and different and updated information on Facebook or via other means so that people can get a better understanding of absolutely. what's happening in and around the community? Absolutely, uh, Lawrence, uh, thanks for asking that question. It's an ongoing effort. Uh, I'll mention several things. First of all, from a programming standpoint, uh, I introduced the Business Success Center. Well, as a part of the Business Success Center, we constantly are doing webinars. Uh, now with Zoom, uh, our webinar and virtual uh, programming has increased, but we still do our 
physical programming, meaning in-person programming. Now we make sure that people are masked and COVID compliant, but again, our programming involves things like capital connections, which connects our businesses to capital, contract connections, which actually helps establish some of the initial relationships that has successfully led to contracts for our businesses. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we have a radio show, Commerce First radio show, the first and third uh, Monday on uh, KCP. So thanks again for that, because uh, I know that EOB is a parent to that uh, operation. But Commerce First radio show, we always are putting information out there. Uh, in addition to that, from a social media standpoint, we are constantly announcing the things that we're doing. And then we obviously work to keep our urbanchamber.org website up to date as well. In fact, we had a COVID page uh, during 2020 where people could come right there and directly access resources they needed to either stay in business or as we begin to look at the recovery, begin to work their way out of the recovery. So we will continue to do that. Uh, something else I wanna mention is that historically as black businesses, we've thought that there was a grant source out there or definitely a lending source out there and what I wanna say is historically grants didn't come, at least direct business grants shouldn't have been the thought because typically if you have grants, you need to be some type of service provider to a research effort or something along those lines to get grants. More so traditionally, it's either banks or alternative lenders if you've got less than two years time, sometimes less than three years time in business. But one of the things we're introducing is the concept of equity investment. And what that means is in exchange for a nominal uh, ownership stake, there are individuals out there that will provide you with the capital investment in order for you to either start your business or grow your business. And then the other thing that I'll mention is that the chamber is also building a relationship with the brand new community development financial institution, which in addition will be a minority deposit institution, which all the principals are African-American. And so we understand the importance of focusing on providing the smaller loans to get busy. 24. We do have uh, Black individuals, African-Americans that have wealth that also have the interest in being in angel investors, venture capitalists, et cetera. So I don't want us to discount the fact that we can be investors as well as founders, entrepreneurs, and business owners. We can do both. Uh, in fact, uh, we had a cohort uh, that we helped to facilitate with Startup NV uh, during the bulk of uh, 2020 and the beginning of 2021. And within the Urban Chamber Network, we were able to come up with at least a third of the angel investors that went through that program. And the good thing about the program is it provided education to both the angel investors as well as education to the founder participants on what you need to do to be either a viable company to be invested in, or if you're an angel investor, how to properly evaluate companies that you should consider putting your money into. So those wow. are the types of things we will continue to do at the Urban Chamber, because in many cases, we are filling needs that previously were not there to provide both professionally and culturally competent resources to black businesses, as well as other small, diverse business owners founders and entrepreneurs. Wow, that's great. I mean, it, it's it's good to be able to have that information readily available in the community, you know, and it's at a single source where you can one, Correct. you know, get good information 
from informed sources and then have the resources available to be able to take advantage of that right there on the spot, right? Absolutely. And that's what we want to really emphasize is uh, it was true, definitely true during COVID and even prior to COVID. Uh, two points or three points I'll make again very quickly as I think we're getting ready to wind down. Mm-hmm. Number one, we will continue to be a portal and a platform for both professionally and culturally competent resources, whether you're thinking about a business, starting a business, or trying to scale a business. Uh, number two, uh, we will make sure that we publicize and uh, market these opportunities so that you know that you can come to us as a one-stop uh, portal. Uh, and I, I'll publicize our uh, phone number again, 702-648-6222. Again, that's 702-648-6222 or info, info at urbanchamber.org. Uh, so again, we can be that one-stop portal and platform. And then uh, last but not least, Uh, We want to make sure that people know that we will continue our effort to educate, advocate, and position our businesses for procurement opportunities. And again, there's no need for you to make the journey by yourself. We're not saying you can't make the journey by yourself, but by all means, please come and leverage the resources that we have available here at the Urban Chamber Business Success Center. All right. Well, I think we've just about run out of time here. I want to thank you once again, Ken, for being on our show and providing us with valuable information for not just the business community, but for the community in general. You know, I think everyone can can benefit from the services and the training that you provide and help us to expand not just what our current reach is, but to become one more knowledgeable in the businesses that we do manage and own and operate. And then two, to help us get out there in the community so that, and not just our community, but the entire community so that everybody knows what it is that we do, who we are, and all the different services that we provide. And we're not a monolithic, you know, set of individuals doing one particular thing in one particular area. We're all over the place and that's how we should be. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, that's definitely a concluding note that I would say, if you look at our mission statement, as well as vision, Uh, What we say is, again, we talk about the education, the advocacy, and the procurement positioning, but the other point we make is that we're creating a space for our businesses, and I'll use specifically Black businesses, to participate in a global economy, and that global economy includes what happens locally, regionally, and nationally, but it's still a global economy. So to your point, we want to make sure that we're involved in not only the traditional areas of the economy, but definitely that we're part of the new and emerging areas, um, again, within the global economy. So thanks again for this opportunity, Lawrence. All right. Thanks, Ken. All right. That's we'll end our session today. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, again, I am Lawrence Beasley, Interim Executive Director for the Economic Opportunity Board of Clark County. Um, and this has been our EOB Spotlight Podcast. Thank you very much, and everyone have a good day. Thank you for listening. We're here to assist you any way we can, so please feel free to reach out to us on our website at eobcapsnv.org or call 702-445-7105. See you soon.